guys. It's been a while. That was a clip from my upcoming single called Ribbons on the Cuffs, and it will be out August 22nd, so watch out for that. I've been away focusing on chilling and hanging out. Honestly, around the time the George Floyd-inspired uprising started happening, I, for one, felt that the podcast needed to take a back seat, especially in terms of what I was posting to my feed. Uh, I felt like it needed to take a back seat in terms of what I was posting to my feed. And secondly, I don't know, something just came over me. And maybe it was a result of my blood boiling every day as we saw the true nature and true state of policing in America, um, you know, on a wide scale, just broadcasted everywhere and all day long. Um, it could have been that I was just quickly, you know, overwhelmed emotionally. Um, I feel a little self-conscious saying it because I do recognize I'm in this privileged position where I can tap out. But um, at the same time, I suddenly felt content not doing anything music or podcast related and just concentrated on um, relaxing. <laughs> uh, like first I had to delete all my social apps from my phone because I was having dreams about cops and riots and uh, I was feeling just angry all day and just really tense so I deleted all those apps but then I realized I was having a great time just playing video games and watching YouTube all day usually I have a hard time focusing and feel guilty um, about doing that stuff so there's always this nagging presence in the back of my mind that I need to be productive. Uh, but for a couple months there, I just tapped out and plugged in to the chill zone. Um, so I don't know. I slowly started, you know, I started working on music again. And um, I've got some new podcast episodes recorded. This one's actually... Okay, this one's with my friend Ryan from the band Yacht Club, and it was recorded, oh, in May, I want to say, early May. Uh, uh, yeah, my friend Ryan, I like Ryan a lot. He has a project called Yacht Club. Uh, and, yeah, I would definitely consider Ryan one of my guys. Uh, we met over the internet. I got a DM from him one day saying he liked my music, and so I said, all right, let me check out his stuff. And I immediately recognized it was really good and really strong songwriting and strong melodies. So, of course, I responded like, yo, thanks, man. Your stuff is sick, too. And it just went from there. Uh, we chat once in a while about music and music biz type stuff, so I figured he'd be a great guest for the pod. Uh, also, I'm sure his stuff will get placement in like a car insurance commercial or like an iPod commercial or whatever someday. Um, so, you know, this way I can say I talked to him before he blew up, you know. Uh, he's got a new EP out called Nature Machine and it rocks. So you should definitely check it out on whichever streaming platform you prefer. Uh, and on a side note, just some context for our conversation, I mistakenly thought he had been releasing singles, because so I was listening to his stuff on his SoundCloud, and I'm not sure why, maybe I, it was because I'm dyslexic a little bit, um, but I just like didn't, my brain didn't like pick up the fact that he had EPs, and I just like interpreted it as singles, um, so you'll hear a few times me talking as if he's only released singles. Um, but, you know, he corrects me and we carry on with the conversation later um, within. Um, anyways, I hope everyone's staying safe and is healthy. Uh, um, thanks for listening and... Um, you know, it really makes me happy that people enjoy the podcast and people enjoy my music. Um, 
the other day on Twitter, one of my old joke songs from when I used to play in a band called Comps. Before I was Blush Cameron, I had a project called Comps, C-O-M-P-S. And it was just me still, basically. I mean, it was the exact same project, just different name and different aesthetic. Um, The other day, one of those songs went, you know, low-scale, viral on Twitter. It was a song called Whack, and it's a joke song. It just uses the lyrics for the one meme that's like, his hair, whack, his gear, whack. Um, If you know what I'm talking about. I posted that song underneath that meme as it was doing the rounds again on Twitter. And uh, I've done that pretty much every time that meme comes to my feed, like four or five times. And this time, people noticed it and started listening to it. And it got uh, like a thousand likes. And uh, like a thousand likes within a 24-hour span. Um, And that was a cool experience for me something that's never happened before I've never had that much attention all at once on something Um, and you know I post my music and it usually doesn't get that much of like uh, a response Um, and usually the first thing I ask myself is well maybe my music just isn't very good and maybe I need to make better music that's that'll surely get you know, more of a response that I'm looking for. Um, but this song is like three years old, and I've released, you know, dozen songs, d- dozens of songs since then. And, uh, you know, it kind of like helped with my self-esteem in that way, like uh, reassured me that, you know, my music is decent it's just there's so many other variables when it comes to this music business when it comes to getting people to notice you and getting anyone to care it's so like uh, luck dependent sometimes and um yeah i don't know why people noticed it this time i definitely got some more followers and more listeners based off that People were really into that Pip Pap Pop EP that it's from because I linked it uh, with that song when people were asking about what it was. And, uh, you know, I don't know if I'll be able to capitalize off that the way like a smart person would be able to. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's so weird. I posted right after I posted that song on uh, Indie Heads as well. And I think I got maybe a couple more plays off of that, but really nobody noticed it the way they did on Twitter. And it's interesting, it was a lot of people who had never heard that kind of music before, that kind of like lo-fi, indie pop type of thing. Um, So they were like, whoa, how'd you get it to sound so vintage? (laughs) Uh, Which is cool, I I don't know, it's, I really liked that, I hope I could get more of that someday. Um, but anyways, in the meantime, uh, here's more of my podcast. This one is with Ryan from Yacht Club. Without further ado, please enjoy the episode. recording studio aka my car right now so we should be getting pretty pretty solid sound quality yeah i saw you tweet about that you had a funny tweet like if you want to hear the song the way it's intended you have to get it whatever model car you have is pretty funny yeah the 2010 jeep you got to get the sahara edition but um it's a funny situation like with the recording lately because my lease ran out on my apartment this month, and I'm so I'm getting a new house next month with some friends. Uh-huh. But for the time being, I'm uh I'm staying with my parents, uh-huh. and it is a shit show in there because they're all doing work on Zoom. They're mm-hmm. all doing work, uh, like doing their own Zoom sessions, and then I'm like trying to record music and shit. So I I've just moved all the shit out to the car. It's much easier. Do you record like instruments out there? Uh. Most of the time I record the guitar direct input so like room noise doesn't affect it. Um but v- vocals absolutely vocals are always in the car. 
Hmm. You know, I have a... Yeah, it would suck so bad if I had to record at my parents' house, either of them. Just because I like to record in private. Um, but yeah, I've thought about like going out and using my car speakers to mix. Because, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're the same. I like to mix on any speaker I can find, you know, like whether it's the laptop or headphones or... And I also yeah, don't have monitors. I, like, I don't have, like, studio monitors. I have some uh, KRK, like, the, the cheapest KRKs they make. but uh, And they're good for mixing. That's, like, what I do the first mix on. But the thing that I've come to realize is that, like, most people who listen to the song are probably going to listen to it through, like, a shitty Bluetooth speaker or Apple headphones. So whenever I mix a song, I mix it on the studio monitors, but then I, I make sure it sounds decent through, like, my shitty Bluetooth speaker. I play it in my shitty car speakers. I play it, if I have a friend who has, like, shittier car speakers, I'll play it through them. You know, because if it sounds good through a shitty system, that's that's really the test of quality. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, How is yeah. you, are you, did you grow up in Jackson? Yeah, I've never lived anywhere else. That's that's the weird thing is uh I've lived in Mississippi my whole life. Uh-huh. So I can't really like compare and contrast living here to living somewhere else. Uh but it's a weird place. I can say that. You know, I've definitely I've tra- I've obviously traveled to other places, I've seen other places and it's a weird place to live in Mississippi, but I will say uh, living in Jackson, Jackson's like the biggest city in Mississippi mm. and it really is a uh, like best case scenario. If you're going to live in Mississippi, uh living in Jackson's probably the best case scenario. Most people I know are from like the fucking sticks, you know, they're from like yeah. really rural areas and you're just kind of cut off from the outside world. You kind of live in this like isolated community of like 3000 people. And so I'm I'm grateful that um you know, I have like all different types of friends and I've had like exposure to different food and shit, you know, cuz not everybody here has that I don't hate Mississippi at all. I mean, it's cheap. It's the cheapest place you can possibly live, too. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I've never been. Is there, like, a scene down there in Jackson? Like, a no. music scene? No. I, I was... I remember um, you mentioning you might ask something about, like, the Jackson scene, and I was like, shit, what do I even say? Because, like, <laughs> it's a... It's kind of a struggle city. It's kind of like off-brand Memphis. Uh-huh. Kind of a lot of the same problems you see in Memphis or you see in Flint, uh, you'll see in Jackson, but like on a smaller scale because it's a smaller city. It's really not like an indie rock friendly um, city. You know, we have like our, these DIY venues that pop up throughout the years and they usually don't last longer than like two or three years. They usually just kind of like fizzle out. Uh, the DIY indie scene in Mississippi mostly resides in the college towns. Oh, um, I see. What are those? Yeah. What what towns are those? So like, all the big colleges in Mississippi, none of them are in Jackson. Um, you have Mississippi State, which is in Starkville. The one I go to is called uh, Southern Miss, which is in Hattiesburg, and they're oh. actually known for their uh, punk like house show scene. It's actually like got a thriving punk rock house show scene that even like Pitchfork is written about, and oh, it's a small town, so. Kind of Are weird. there any like uh, notable bands that you could think of? That uh, I Judy check and out? the Jerk, yeah, Judy and the Jerks is from Hattiesburg. I think they're just on a uh, Bandcamp. Uh, I Jammy, it's like the word uh, I, like I Y E, and then Jammy. <laughs> they're really cool. Um, I'm not a big punk guy, but I've like kind of gotten into it since moving to Hattiesburg. But my favorite scene in Mississippi is um, in Oxford. Uh, that's where the uh, school Ole Miss oh, is. You know that band. And, uh, Sorry, go ahead. Oh uh, yeah, I was just gonna say Oxford is cool because like, um, that's where Fat Possum is out of, uh, which you know is Hoops record label. Mm-hmm. And uh, they sign a lot of cool bands. A lot of cool bands will stop through and play in Oxford just because there are cool venues, and they they're probably stopping by to talk to Fat Possum or whatever. And. Uh, but for the most part, the scene in Jackson, dude, it's like a, a pass-through city, you know. Bands will pass through on their way to, to to New Orleans or on their way to Texas or Memphis or wherever, and they might stop and play a show in Jackson. But do, uh, it do doesn't really remember, get a lot of attention. Do you remember that band, um, Young Buffalo, from Oxford? Young Buffalo from Oxford. I feel like I met their, their lead singer one time. I remember someone telling me yeah, that they were in, in Young Buffalo. He plays in swear tapes now. 
You familiar with him? He plays in who? Swear tapes. I ha I'll have to check them out. How'd you meet him? Um, I haven't talked to him in years, but I uh, was playing in a band, and we went on tour with them. Uh, his band, Young Buffalo, and they're from Oxford. So I mean, I was just re-listening to them uh, recently. You might like it. I mean, it's kind of like Coachella indie pop, but uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Oxford's we, we cool. toured with them. Oxford's got a lot of cool uh, artists and like projects that I'm a big fan of. Like Low Noom is my friend yeah. uh, Andrew Newman. He's got a project coming out next week that's probably going to be really, really good. He's a super talented dude. He does everything himself. Yeah, uh, I just learned I really about him. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, just the other yeah, just the other day when I was revisiting Young Buffalo, I uh, came across his stuff and noticed he was you know because in Spotify the people who listen to this artist listen to this artist you know so I was just going through that way and yeah I was yeah. Just like what is what is Oxford who what it you know it's, dude it's not even a big town it's a small town it's just got the school there and I'll admit like it's a it's kind of like a rich kid school like it's it's kind of a lot of people with privilege but. You know, some people use that money uh, positive to, positively and, you know, record music or whatever. Uh, some people are just normal people, though, that go to that school that I know. That's how Andrew is. Mm -hmm. um, would you, could you see yourself ever moving out of Mississippi? Yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely the goal <laughs> uh, eventually. I just don't want to make, like, too big of a step, you know, like moving from, like, Mississippi to LA seems like it would be crazy. You know, I had a friend uh -huh. who used to work in LA and I, I visited him one time. Like he was literally in like West Hollywood. Like, uh -huh. and I, I was like overwhelmed by it. It didn't seem like anything I would ever want to like anywhere I would ever want to live. Mm -hmm. I do kind of like, like it in Mississippi, but I understand like I'd probably have to move somewhere with like more going on musically. Mm -hmm. The The biggest thing about moving out of Mississippi is it's tough. Like, financially because like i said yeah. this is the cheapest place to live like right now i got a two-bedroom apartment for like seven hundred dollars like i can't do that anywhere else two bedrooms for you know you could get you could swing that in philly which oh, sounds really? crazy but you can yeah my rent is uh 365 and it's a three-bedroom wow dude yeah and that's not like that's not uncommon you can it's pretty easy to find something like that I got to start looking around. I'm still in school right now, so that's the uh -huh. next step is after I finish school cuz you know that the the graduation date's kind of indefinite. Yeah, what do you go but, to school for? Uh my major's actually called uh entertainment industry studies. It's kind of vague. We just kind of study like media. It's it's fun. I mean, it's like a major majoring on majoring in the internet basically is what I do. Hmm. Interesting. That's making that's videos. Why you and, got a little bit of internet traction cuz you do, you know, and I and I, one of my questions is, like, how have you gotten to where you are with, like, you know, your plays on SoundCloud and your Spotify listeners and stuff? Having not, you know, being in Mississippi where, like, you don't, there's no, like, scene to propel you, per se. Yeah. I realized early on, like, without the scene, you know, being here to propel, uh, it was going to have to be internet-based. You know, some of these artists that you come across, like... um you see how they're just doing so well algorithmically, like every app you get on and they're like being recommended to you. And I couldn't help but wonder like, well, how did they get to that point? So, uh, that was kind of the goal is like, uh, I didn't want to just like enter the job world with just a degree. Cause like a lot of people have a degree and my major is kind of easy. It doesn't really say a lot. So I kind of wanted something else to like, you know, speak for me as a musician or for me as a manager or whatever I want to do in the future. So I wanted it to get added to, you know, some Spotify playlists and just some stuff to, you know, get a little bit of affirmation from. But it did better than I expected to. And now I don't really want to get a job at all. I kind of want to just keep making music. <laughs> Do you, are you like making like a decent amount of money from streaming and whatnot? Uh, I was waiting tables at uh, two different restaurants to like pay rent and stuff. And then I narrowed it down to one restaurant. Wow. And then like. Two months, uh, I was just making more from uh, Spotify, so I, I quit one. And then, uh, like, two months before quarantine, I quit my other waiting job, and I was just doing music, like, full-time. And I kind of told myself, like, if I'm going to quit <laughs> all my jobs and just do music full-time, like, I'm going to have to really, like, 
force myself to do it like all the time or else I'll feel really guilty. So, I mean, I was spending a lot of time on music um, like two months before quarantine. Like I was basically quarantining myself at home like <laughs> two months before the mandated quarantine because uh-huh. I was like just trying to get a lot done. And then it became the law. And I was like, well, now I really <laughs> have incentive. Yeah, damn. That's the dream, though. Maybe I need to switch to releasing singles. Is is that, like, part of the thing is you got to release singles? Or, like, what's your, like, uh, process for... I mean, we'll talk about your writing process, but what's the process for getting people to listen online? Online? Uh, let me think. So, I you really got to... I had to like sit on my songs for a while. Like I made uh, the first songs for Yacht Club and, you know, they kind of sat on my computer for like six months before I uh, put them out. And I was just really kind of familiarizing myself with every group out there that sounded like that. And I would follow them on social media and I would uh, follow them on SoundCloud and Spotify and listen to them a bunch. And I would start like noticing what playlists they were in. And it's kind of good to know that before you put any music out because a lot of people just get excited to have music out on spotify yeah. or whatever and they just slap it on there mm-hmm. but if you kind of study the scene and you kind of study what uh playlist your type of stuff is getting added to you at least um you know know where to aim you're not just shooting with the blindfold on um that i think that helped i was just kind of busy at the time too I, I wasn't really being strategic about it like it wasn't really holding on to the songs because i felt like i needed to mm-hmm. i was just busy with school and I, I didn't really have time to like figure all that out so i got familiarized with the scene and then i knew what you know what i was aiming for by the time i put it onto spotify i don't really get the views so sometimes like sometimes i come across way better bands i feel like and they have like way less views and it just makes me want to message them and be like look you gotta, you gotta like do this or something. Cause there's way better people out there. I don't, I don't really get the views thing. You know what's ironic for for my situation is like when I started really recording music, like, like yeah. 2008. You know, is like I, what I wanted to do was just make singles and write one song at a time and then just post it. You know, as soon as yeah. I finish it. And, you know, at the time, that was just not a way to get traction at all. And even, like, up until, like, I don't know, like, 2015, I would say, like, it was still, like, you got to release albums if you want anybody to pay attention. And uh, Yeah. Now I didn't even been uh, recording since 2008, dude. That's a, that's a while. It, yeah, it's embarrassing. <laughs> no, <laughs> dude. It's, um, I started listening to comps in, like, 2018, I want to say. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I, love, yeah, I fell in you, love with comps. Like those songs are just so easy to uh, like after like one listen. You know oh, what I mean? Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah, I was pleasantly surprised that when you messaged me and that your music was also uh, very good. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite things these days is just like meeting new people and surrounding myself with people who are very good at what they do. Um, well, dude, that's one thing I've noticed is. Um, I've followed you since like 2018 on social media and you know how Twitter has that feature um, that tells you mutuals or other people that people follow that you follow or whatever. Uh-huh. I've always noticed like um, Blush Cameron followed by Kevin Crowder, uh, Drew <laughs> and Keegan. And I'm like, what the fuck? Was he in hoops or something? Like, uh-huh. And I've always been kind of confused about that until that uh, episode you did with uh, Kevin Crowder. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like a small world when you're, you know, when you're not living in Mississippi and you're. Dude, uh, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you're when not you're... living in Mississippi. Well, no, it is a small world when you're living in Mississippi too. Trust me, it's actually it's... even smaller. Yeah, right. But... I mean, it's just a different type <laughs> of small. I mean, like. It's, yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, I've just been lucky enough to meet people and make friends, but. Uh, uh, That's cool. I got to see hoops. Um, in like 2016. Mm-hmm. They they were playing like we were talking about Oxford earlier. They were playing an Oxford show, um, and dude, I had wanted to see Hoops for like two years at this point. I'd been listening since their like demo, uh, Bandcamp YouTube days, and like I was so stoked to be there. I think I got kind of too drunk. <laughs> I feel like Kevin Crowder was like creeped out by like how enthusiastic I was to oh, be man. there. But you know, they're so down to earth. I mean, I'm sure you know. They yeah, have- they're. Yeah, they're very cool guys. That's probably why they were like 
freaked out is because I was like, you know, but it how was did, a great show. How did you um, get into music in the first place? Whether it's like alternative so, or like, what did you, what was like your first band that you were really into? Uh, so like my parents, um, before they had kids were like way more into music than they are now. And I, they still have like their CD collection, mostly from the late eighties and nineties. And when I was a kid, I had like a little CD player in my room and I would like listen to their stuff. And I mostly just listened to like stuff with cool art on it. Cause I was a kid. And I think the first band that I like fell in love with, um, the nineties band, uh, granddaddy, I listened to that mm. album, The Software Slump, and it was just kind of like the first music that sounded surreal to me. Like it didn't really sound real; it sounded like its own thing. That got me into like just like any type of music that sounded surreal. I guess I would say. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm trying to think of what else uh, stuff, weird stuff I would listen to back then. I made friends with this guy named Grant though. Like when I was like seven or eight years old, and he like understood how to work LimeWire and Pirate Bay, and Napster, nice. and, like, all that stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so he, we would make, like, CDs, and we thought we were listening to, like, really underground stuff back then, but we were probably listening to, like, the Gorillas and, like, <laughs> you know. But we were kids, so we, we were doing better than most kids, I guess. <laughs> Dude, yeah, LimeWire was so sick. I still remember it. I remember the exact format and everything about it. Like, it was so cool. Were A lot on- of people actually blew up off of LimeWire. Yeah, I mean, Soldier Boy, that's like one of the most inspiring stories. Soldier Boy is from Mississippi, believe it or not, you know. Oh, it's funny coincidence there. Yeah, another, um, wait, what'd you say? Funny coincidence. Yeah, another rapper from Mississippi uh, that blew up on a Napster, actually, Afro Man, if you've ever heard of him, he sings that yeah. song, Because I Got High. Yeah. He lives in the same town as me now. He lives in Hattiesburg, apparently. Whoa. He lives like in the same area. Hometown but, hero. Yeah, his uh story is crazy, man. He like made the he burnt these CDs of his uh album and he went down to Bourbon Street in New Orleans and he was trying to sell them to people but uh club owners kept kicking them off their space and they were like, "Dude, there's no soliciting here. You can't sell CDs." And he kept getting like uh told to leave. He kept getting pissed off, so he just started like handing out um CDs to kids on the street. And these, like, drunk college kids got in their car and put the CD in, and the first song was Because I Got High. And they were like, holy fucking shit, like, this is gold. And they uploaded it to Napster. And basically, like, he woke up the next day and was, like, famous online. Wow. That was 98 or 99, so he was, like, one of the first artists to, like, truly go viral. That's insane. That's a great story. Yeah, I heard him tell that story in, like, an interview. I just thought that was interesting. Were you on, like, uh, MySpace at all? I was, I think I might have been a little too young for MySpace. Mm. Um, I remember when Facebook blew up, and I think I might have even been too young for Facebook when it first came out. I made a Facebook and then deleted it because my parents were on there and, like, all my extended family. Yeah. And I was like, this seems like, yeah, this seems like it defeats the purpose of social media. This isn't what my social circle looks like. This is my family. Definitely, yeah. Do you have siblings? I have a younger sister named Rachel. She's like five years younger than me. She's a senior uh, in high school, graduating. She's not into music or anything. (laughs) Interesting. She's into her own stuff, but yeah, just one sibling. So when did um, when did Yacht Club start? And was that your like first like real musical project, or was there anything before that? There was a lot of stuff before that. Um, my. My project before Yacht Club was called Amateur Observer, and uh, I put that was mostly on SoundCloud. That's actually the reason Yacht Club has a decent amount of followers on SoundCloud is because it used to be Amateur Observer. And I don't know what happened. I think I just got insecure one day and I like deleted all my songs. Mm-hmm. But it, they were mostly instrumental, and they were okay. just stuff that I recorded in my room. And then I had uh, posted like demos and stuff before that, just by my. A uh, real name, Ryan Kaiser, which has mostly all been wiped out. I don't think I think Yacht Club was like the first music I posted that I was like truly confident about, mm-hmm. and I I started making that in like late 2018, and then it didn't come out until uh, January of 2019. Interesting. And did you like? Did you have any sort of like intention 
behind Yacht Club, or you just wanted to make... Oh, I guess you already said you wanted to, um, since you're going into the entertainment uh, fields, anyways, you wanted to have something. Yeah, I kind of wanted to have something, like, uh, that I created that I could, like, call my own. Uh, and I also just had, like, more time on my hands. You know, I, I was really busy with school, and then I think I hit um, a semester where I, I wasn't that busy, and so I just had more time... And I kind of have, like, a built-in uh, guilt mechanism, you know. If I'm, like, not doing enough with each day, like, I start to feel, like, guilty or whatever. So I started recording songs probably mostly because of that. Do you think you're going to release, like, an album or just stick uh, to singles? Well, an album was my plan. So I was planning on – because I've done three EPs now. And so it naturally kind of feels like time for an album. and uh. That was my plan, and then um, I started working with Nice Guys Records out of France, mm. and uh, I talked with them a little bit, and they they were like kind of filling another EP. They wanted me to do another EP, which I I don't have any problem with that. I like I personally like EPs better because I'm I think I'm kind of ADHD, and I like to kind of you know I don't I don't like to sit down and listen to the same artist for like an hour and a half or whatever. So EP is just like a nice amount of music for me, you know, like 30 to 45 minutes. And uh, obviously it's easier to make because it's less songs. They were yeah. more interested in doing an EP. So uh, I had a good bit of songs at the time and I kind of like narrowed it down to my favorite. And uh, so there's a five song EP on the way that's going to come out in uh, July. Is it like um similar style or... It's a similar style. I didn't want to like go crazy and change it up, you know, a ton. But um, it's I tried to make it more consistent from song to song. You know, I didn't like experiment with new instruments or any weird stuff. I um, I used the same instruments in every song to make it a little more cohesive and consistent sound wise. Yeah. And then uh, it's got more um, acoustic guitar, real drums. Uh, it's oh. less quantized. You know, everything in the past, like if you listen to Japan, for example, it's super quantized. Like I uh, go back and post and I like, you know, make everything right on the transit. But this, I kind of left it a little more natural, uh, a little more human sounding, I guess. What DAW do you use? I, actually, I just use Logic. I had to download it for school in like 2015 and I've used uh -huh. it since. Uh -huh. Yeah, I, I love Logic. I wish I could save Pro Tools be all pretentious and whatnot but no hell i just use garage band oh really and then i sometimes I think, will use a little bit of uh logic for certain stuff yeah dude i mean um sometimes being limited uh technology technologically you know it forces you to be more creative in yeah. the uh, the songwriting and, and the creating side i'm like not very good at my brain doesn't really like like uh keep track of like all the information that i need and i'm not very good at like retaining information with audio stuff even though it's like what i'm uh pursuing as like a career it's just I Dude, don't know, same it, um I, so, so my thing with garage band is just it's so streamlined and simple you know it's like there's so you always did all the some... comp stuff on garage band all the comps and blush cameron yeah yeah um, wow so yeah, I mean, GarageBand is just like, whenever I use Logic, there's always something. I'm like, oh, why isn't this working the way I want it to? You know, it was very, <laughs> I never have that yeah. problem with GarageBand. Shoot, I can't believe you did all that stuff on just GarageBand. That's crazy, because I, I, I take classes with these, like, um, these guys who are kind of like, I guess you call audio nerds or whatever, but they have, like, they've bought all these plugins, and they spend, like, hundreds of dollars on, like, plugins and effects and different things. And then they make like zero music. They make no music, yeah, and I, yeah. I do not understand it. Like for the life of me, I'm so not a gearhead. I know people that are like super into their pedals, and it's just like not for me. Dude, that's refreshing to hear because I am the exact same way. I, I try to keep the setup as simple as possible. Um, how do you? How did you learn how to write a song? Uh was it didn't it come naturally, or was it just like practice? I guess, yeah, because, like, no one ever, like, sat down and taught me, per se. I took guitar lessons to learn guitar when mm -hmm. I was a kid for a little bit. But songwriting, uh, around, let's say, I started uh, 
doing stuff on GarageBand around like 2011, 2012 or so. And I would just record instrumental stuff. Like I would usually record the guitar first and like add drums and bass and stuff to it. Mm. And so I guess around that era, um, I would start kind of making up words and stuff for it. But I was in like, uh, you know, 10th, 9th, 10th grade at the time. So I wasn't really trying to like be an artist. I was just like a high school kid. I don't know. Looking back, I wish I, you know, made more stuff, and I wish I didn't delete it and <laughs> and all. But is it all? Is yeah. it totally gone forever? Like off your computer and everything? Oh yeah, I mean, I'm like two computers removed from the computer it was recorded Damn. on. Like, yeah, I've done pretty good, thankfully, of like keeping a lot of my really old stuff. But there's definitely like stuff even older that I wish I had, but don't. Yeah, I'm bad at, I'm bad with like understanding how iCloud works and the cloud in general like uh sometimes I accidentally delete old shit just trying to like make more room in my iCloud and I got to be more careful with that cuz I I just deleted like a ton of sampler instruments that I use on the regular <laughs> just trying to make more iCloud space. Yeah, dude. Man. But uh uh what, so what's your like writing process like now? What do you how do you start writing a song? If you're going to write a song right now, what how would it happen? So usually um, I'm not going to write the song like on guitar or on piano like beforehand. Usually I kind of just like make it up as I go. Uh, guitar is my first instrument. So usually it's like the first one that I record when I make a song. And I'll uh, I'll start with that. And then I'll kind of work around that. I'll add, uh, you know, whatever instrument comes to my head first, which uh, usually will be like the bass line or uh, the drums you know, I'll work with the metronome until some drums are in there. And once some drums are in there, I can turn that off. And I can just, I kind of just add a lot of parts to the song to where there's like eight different tracks playing or so. Hmm. And then I kind of break it down and arrange it into a format. You know, I kind of uh, decide what's going to be the intro and then, oh, this will be the verse, this will be the chorus. And then, I mean, it, it's kind of similar to how rap is made. You know, they make the beat first and then they come up with the lyrics. I make the uh, song first. And then I usually come up with the lyrics after. So you, you really write with the DAW, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I do it all by myself. Some people want to like collaborate and uh, make songs together, and uh, it kind of gives me anxiety because I don't really know if like I would do well in that uh, context. Yeah, that's. You know, I like started. Um with a band you know i was like in middle school or whatever and then switched to solo when that band wasn't working out and just made my own songs um and then eventually i you know joined bands again and for the second time as an adult i realized like this is just working with people is fun but it's so much more like logistically demanding you know it like takes so much more time to get anything done and there's so much more risk that all that time isn't going to be satisfying when you're finished exactly and being from mississippi you got to weigh in the fact that a lot of uh, um other musicians that are available for you to work with they might be into country they might be into you know some completely different type of music they might have a completely different vision I've always been jealous of like people from big cities just because they have such a multitude of like people to choose from. Like, right. you yeah, hear about bands real. that get their bass player from like Craigslist and shit. You know, if yeah. I put a Craigslist ad up for a bass player, like I would get murdered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, actually, my bass player I got off of Facebook just posting. You know, I need. Yeah. and I didn't know him before. And it <laughs> it worked so cool. out. So, yeah, that's real. Um, you should do like a behind the scenes video of like your songwriting process that sounds interesting dude i honestly should because i have more time than i've ever had i mean i'm not playing shows (laughs) yeah just get a little tripod for your phone or something that's smart i honestly should because i see these videos of people um uh you know they do they have like their little home studio or whatever and all they do is they uh Oh, that Function Space guy, you know, the band Function Space, the, Emilio is his name on Twitter. He uh, he does these little videos of him, like, recording at home. And it's never anything that crazy, you know? He's, like, recording guitar and some drums and some bass, but people people lose their fucking mind. He's got, like, a thousand retweets on it and stuff. Yeah. And I, yeah. I always think, like, nothing against this guy. Like, he's great, but uh, 
I could definitely do this shit. <laughs> Why oh, am yeah. I not doing this? Yeah, you could. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned you don't, you're not playing shows right now, obviously. Were you before and like, I th- did you have a show in LA that got canceled or something? Yeah, I was just about to start playing shows. I've played two Yacht Club shows so far and they were both little uh, solo sets. Um, the first gig I played, I mentioned Low Noom, my friend Andrew. I played uh, a show with him. And that was at Proud Larry's, which is actually the same venue I saw Hoops at. Uh, so I played that show, and then I played a show in my uh, college town um, at this place called Nick's Ice House. And we have, like, a student-run record label at the school, and they, like, put on the event and had, like, they promoted it and made, like, posters and stuff. So that was kind of cool. And then my next gigs that I had lined up um, – we're going to be at South by Southwest. I had three shows there. Two were unofficial and one was official with like Burp FM. Oh, and okay. uh, yeah, those obviously all fell apart. And I was like super upset about it at the time because this is like when uh, Corona was, you know, first like hitting the US yeah. and it wasn't really a big deal or it didn't feel like a big deal at the time. And then they canceled it. And I was like, what? Are you kidding me? No. And then, like, three days later, I kind of watched the news, and I was like, oh, okay. But, so, yeah, I was going to play at South By, and then um, the gig in uh, L.A. was at Pomona College at this little, like, amphitheater they have. And I was going to be with uh, the bands Far Caspian and uh, Toledo. And I like both those bands, so I was looking forward to that one. And I like, uh, you know, just getting out of Mississippi. So Yeah, yeah. Were you going to fly out there? Oh yeah, I was totally gonna fly. <laughs> um, it's really not that expensive, honestly. Like Spirit Airlines, or shitty airline out of yeah. New Orleans. Damn, I want to go to LA. Have friend. you ever been? No, I no, I haven't been. I've got a couple friends that moved out there though. Um, last year, yeah. they, they only made it. They only lasted out there for about a year, and then they moved back to Michigan, where we're from. And uh, but yeah, my friend yeah. had an internship out there, and like. I remember visiting him, and he it was just, like, people living on top of people for, like, thousands of dollars more than what I was paying. Do you think you'd, like, have you ever tried talking to, like, publishing companies, or, like, was, is that something that you'd be interested in pursuing with your own music? Um, Publishing deals? It's more recently, yeah, actually, odd, it's weird you asked, like, um, talking to one, like, two days ago. But they're connected to Nice Guys Records. They're connected with the the label that I'm working through right now. Mm. And they sent me this like little um, deal showing who they've worked with. And it's a lot of artists I'm a fan of, like uh, Miel de Montagne. I, I don't really know how to say his name. He's French, but uh, he makes really cool music. And they they just got like some of his stuff on like uh, Adidas and Thrasher commercial. Wow! I think. And they messaged me something about it. I mean, a lot of, like, travel vlog people are always using my songs. A lot of, like, uh, people who ride bikes and, like, skateboards and snowboards, shit like that, like, action sports people tend to like it. So I'd, I would like to get some publishing deals now that live shows are apparently not a thing. <laughs> Dude, I finally got, was supposed to get one of my songs in, like, a YouTube video. Uh, my buddy, who's, like, a skate vlogger in LA yeah he has like I don't know 150,000 subs or something like that and uh yeah I didn't talk to him in years but he hit me up because I made a music video with one of his skate friends and so he heard that and was like yo can I use your music in my video it was like yeah please I wish you would uh <laughs> and the video comes out and there's there are two other songs in the video and yeah. then a big silent gap <laughs> <laughs> so i i think did they forget he, to put the song in? i think he just forgot to put the song in and i didn't want to like be like yo i didn't want to say anything about it um <laughs> so that's Damn. my that's my one experience with that I, the other songs in the video were good though so i hope people just think that the other songs are me too and still click the <laughs> link anyways was it a comp song or a uh, blush cameron it was a blush cameron song it was uh four odd words is that uh, your real name? No, my real name is with a Oh, wow, okay. Dude, I thought Blush Cameron was your real name. It says uh, first name Blush, last name Cameron. No, yeah, it's like a <laughs> stage name. 
That's a good name, then. I'm not good at coming up with the good names. Yeah, you know, it came to me in like a dream, like not, not even really? in that, not even in that order. It came into came as like uh, uh, Carmen Blush was the first. Like it came to me <laughs> like when I was half awake, and okay. I was like, oh, that sounds kind of cool. And at the time, I was trying to do a little bit of like emo trap stuff, yeah, for fun. I was like, oh, that'd be a good name for that. And then, you know. It all as came I together. Con- as I continued thinking about it, you know, it kind of morphed into Blush Cameron. But, yeah. That's dope. Sometimes I come up with cool names and stuff, but then I forget about them like 10 seconds later. I need to just like start a book or something. Dude, just start yeah, selling them online. Coming up with band names <laughs> is so hard. It's like one of the hardest parts about making a band. Dude, it is. And changing your band name is hard. I tried yeah. to change Yacht Club like one month in because I was having some regrets. I don't even remember what I was trying to change it to, but <laughs> they would. My distributor like would not let me. They were like, "No, nah, man, you're set in stone." Wow. Um, so, how do you feel about whatever. it now? Oh, uh, it's fine. It's whatever. I I mean, uh, it's easy to search on Spotify because YOT is technically like not a word, so not a lot of other people try to use it. So when you type it in, you know, the name comes up pretty quick. I yeah. guess that's a benefit. <laughs> that's definitely true. Um, but yeah, dude, I think like. I I don't know. I'd love to. Do you would you do you have any interest in writing songs for other people? Uh that would that would be cool. It would depend on who it was. I don't know. Like being a songwriter, that's an interesting job. Cause I I don't know. I mean, does the when you write a song for another person, how does that work? Do they have to like approve of your song and be like, oh yeah, I love it, or? Are they kind of obligated by the label to sing the song you write for them? Well, um, uh, I think that, like, you just, like, I think the labels go to publishing companies, maybe, and then, like, have demos that they pick from. I don't know, but it is interesting yeah. hearing, like, the demos of, like, hit songs that were written by the songwriter and, like, recorded with the songwriting doing all the performing. Uh, like, um... There's the demo for Britney Spears' Toxic, um, written by yeah. this songwriter. Oh, really? Yeah, and it sounds so cool. Um, well, dude, that uh, vocal melody in the chorus, now that I'm thinking about that song, is actually just, like, amazing. Dude, yeah. Yeah, you should check <laughs> out the demo. It's It sounds sick. I'm definitely going to do that. Um, songwriting these days is super weird, because I feel like it's... Uh, I mean... So many songs are blowing up on TikTok, and it's weird to think about how much money people are probably making off of TikTok. Like, there are people, like, writing songs with the intentions of, like, going viral on these apps, and it's just weird to... I don't know that I could do that. I don't know that if yeah. I, I could, like, sit down and write a song that's like, all right, we're gonna we're going to break TikTok on this one, you know? Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can't do that either. Yeah, do you people, gotta have a different mindset for that. Do people get money off of tiktok streams when their song is used um at first they did not and that was a big uh issue i remember i actually had to do like a project on this like last year when tiktok was just getting popular and uh people were getting ripped off and i think they've added a new feature since then and like whenever a song is being used there's kind of like a music note down at the bottom and it says the name of the song and the artist and it i think it may count as like a stream you know like it would on spotify oh interesting yeah, but it used to just be like a big fuck over for artists, I think. Huh. Uh, do you listen to your own music at all? I do. I used to not. Like I said, I used to be kind of insecure about my music. But I guess getting positive affirmation people from people, it uh, definitely helps, you know, to see it in a new light. Uh, you know, I listen to more established artists that you know record in actual studios and i'm like man i wish my music could sound more like that but then if it sounded more like that you know it wouldn't be what it is so yeah i listen to it now because i've i've accepted it you know yeah would you rather like write hi-fi or produce hi-fi sounding songs uh i mean if it meant i had better gear in my house i guess so i like i just like recording in my house i wouldn't want to like I would not ever want to rent studio time. I feel like I couldn't, you know, that's like taking a time to test. I'm going to do yeah. worse on a time test because of the anxiety of the time. So I don't ever want to rent studio time. Uh, recording, if you're signed to a label, you know, you have access to the studio. 
I don't know. I've just I've never actually recorded in that environment. I don't know how I would do. I'm trying to think yeah. of it, like, because I'm been... pretty. Do what? Go ahead. You're pretty what? I've ne- I'm I'm like always good about like if I need to play a part over again, like I'll force myself to do it. I'll play the same part like twenty or thirty times to get it right. So I don't know how I would feel if there was like an old man like producer like telling me to do it again and be like dude i know like just let me do it yeah yeah it's I, nice just being right there in front of the computer and just pl- press space bar yourself redo you yeah, know and that way you can like jump around and i mean especially for someone like you who writes i mean i guess it'd be one thing i guess you could always demo at home and then you know what you're going to do in the studio but um i feel like uh shit what was i gonna say fuck what was i saying <laughs> you're talking about recording um alone like versus recording like with the crowd of people just kind of like telling you what they think and all but uh um, yeah i don't know i've never been happy recording um with other people but yeah the other thing is when you're recording at home like you can do it whenever you want right oh yeah yeah i'll be sitting on the couch um watching tv this is how it was with the song japan i remember i just heard hearing that melody in my head like out of nowhere and i just went you know straight to my bedroom and recorded it and you know wouldn't have that luxury if it was a studio or whatever i think uh it'll keep moving that direction you know studios are going to kind of become more they're not going to become completely irrelevant but they're going to become more irrelevant for sure yeah and it costs so much money too yeah, so expensive. I I try to keep my costs at zero. <laughs> oh, yeah, my cost, I mean, uh, my interface that I use, like, I had a friend who got a nicer interface, so they gave me their old one, and I've been using that, like, the whole time. Uh, it's just, like, a Scarlet, uh, a Focusrite Scarlet, like, the one that everyone has. Yeah, I, yeah I'm using a hand-me-down interface as well, yeah. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah, I have an Alexicon Alpha... Uh, I don't know, some other words, some other number there that I can't remember. Yeah, I'm um, always, like, thinking to myself, maybe I should upgrade my audio interface, but it's just such a boring thing to buy. I'm like, nah. Yeah, I I could use a new one, too, but it's just, there's always something else that I'd rather spend. Yeah, 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 there's, like, like rent. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Do you, do you have any music videos? Are you, like, are you going to make any? I would really like to. That's another one of those things that kind of takes money and yeah. time. And, like, it is one of those things, if I'm going to put out a music video, I want it to be really good or at least really enjoyable. Yeah. Not, like, really. I don't mean, like, high production costs, like, action scenes, like, crazy shit going on. Like, I just mean, like, I want it to, like, really fit the song. Yeah. Some people, like, in the DIY world, you know, they'll put out a video and it just kind of feels rushed. It kind of feels like they just, like, kind of wanted to get it out there really quick i don't want to do anything like that yeah that's kind of how on my last album i made a few music videos just to you know i wanted to see if i could do it you know and they're not yeah they were done you know i just just with my iphone and having my friend you know hold the camera Yeah, that's the thing is you can do it you can do a really good video on an iphone uh as long as like the concept and the idea is like good enough yeah it's hard that's yeah, it's so hard. I have some guy who makes like lyric videos for me. He like puts the lyrics at the bottom of the videos and he apparently uses like all analog gear and uh that's his thing is like he uses really old gear and all his videos are like extremely lo fi. He did one for the bay and he's doing one for a new song that I have coming out, but it's kinda taking a while to get it back to me. I don't know if I'm gonna get it back. <laughs> uh your most a couple of your recent songs are instrumental, is that intentional or just because you're at home now or oh you mean like on soundcloud yeah uh i appreciate you listening to the soundcloud those are uh most of those songs are just kind of like they're demos or they're stuff that i can't you know like the the one demo 3000 i think it's called like i tried a few vocal melodies on that and just like stuff wasn't clicking and it, it just wasn't resonating with me but i liked it a lot as an instrumental so i just posted it to soundcloud as an instrumental do you see yourself like it, that one kind of has more of like a rock sound than any of your more pre, more so than any of your previous songs? Do you, was, yeah, yeah. With those like first songs, like off of Aquarium, like No Way. I know you. Uh, I think you've listened to No Way, but uh, 
I've listened, I was, to, I've I've listened to all the songs. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I listened to all of them. Well, the earlier ones, you know, they kind of got the fake sounding drums, like the 808, like borrowed from rap uh, sounding drums, uh, fake like sub bass. They sound a little more synthesized. They sound a little less organic. And then the stuff, the newer stuff I've been working with, uh, you know, newer sampler instruments. And I've been working with uh, playing like live drums and stuff. So that's made a difference uh, in the way the new stuff sounds. But yeah, that I've been meaning to upload to SoundCloud more, but I've been busy uh, with the formal release. Yeah, see, I didn't know you had EPs. I thought you was just all singles because on Spotify it's only singles, and then SoundCloud oh, really? it's only. At least I didn't notice that there were like EPs on. I thought it was just all singles. Oh no, yeah, uh, I, I've dropped uh, three EPs and I believe two singles. The two singles are Comfort Zone and uh, no three singles because Fly Out West was a single. So Fly Out West, Comfort Zone, and uh, were, were those the released? Were those released uh, physically? Uh, no, they actually weren't, and that's why I'm working with the record label now. Is because I wanted I want to be able to uh, have some physical copies. I mean, uh, the song "No Way" it got added to like a compilation vinyl, so like you can get a Burp compilation vinyl that has that song on it, and then uh, Burp also put uh, "Fly Out West" onto their like vinyl postcard. So you can order one of those, but that's the closest thing I have to uh, physical copies right now, and that's the that's my next goal for this next release, which, like I said, is set in uh, is set for July, and I am uh, gonna have like vinyls and CDs and stuff for that. Are there any songs of yours that you just don't like anymore at all? Uh, <laughs> let me think. Or do they I all hold think, up? Like. One of the worst ones uh, is probably Faded. I think that song kind of sucks. Oh, I, like I don't one. know. There's, oh, really? <laughs> Everyone right. else likes it. Everyone, yeah, I hear nothing but good stuff about that song. But uh, it's just, I don't know yeah, what it is I, about that song. I don't song. think you have any bad songs, but I'm, I'm just curious how you feel. I appreciate it, man. That means a lot. Uh, I don't know. I definitely, well, I definitely do have bad songs. Just I don't know if. I, I don't like any of the ones that I've released. I kind of like all the ones that I've released. I mean, uh, for like every five songs I release, there's like probably 10 or 15 songs that I make. So there are other ones out there that I listen back to and I'm like, what the fuck is this? But out of the stuff that I've released, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that don't like it, but I I personally like it. (laughs) So when's the, when can we expect a new song from you? Um, I've never worked with the record label. I don't know if I'm allowed to say dates or not, but I'm just going to say, uh, May 26th, there's a new song coming <laughs> out. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, this might, this episode will probably come out after that, to be perfectly honest. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, no, don't sweat that. Yeah. May 26th, uh, the song Spiral Stairs will be out. And I've been working on these songs in quarantine, so I've been like locked inside my house like a crazy person, just mixing music. I've heard these songs so many times that I'm actually kind of sick, but I'm ready for other people to hear them. Dude, yeah, I will feel so pumped up about a song, and then two weeks later, I'm like, just don't get any sort of feeling from it anymore, even though I know it's good. Yeah, sometimes I force myself to, like, after I finish the final master of a song, like, I'll force myself like to not listen to it for two weeks so that I can listen and listen to it through like some speakers and get like that first feeling again. That's a good idea. It takes discipline though. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes uh, you notice things that you never noticed before. Like you'll give yourself like two weeks um, without listening to the song and then you come back to it and you're like, the snare is too loud. Like it'll be like the most simple thing. Like yeah. the snare is way too loud. Yeah. For me recently, the song that I just released, uh, no one knows. I am like, why did I not just do a extremely simple drum fill right here? You know, it's like, why did I not just do a double <laughs> snare thing? Like, it, you know, I don't know. <laughs> double it's snare. Just, yeah. It's, it's the, the type of thing no one else notices, I guess. But, um, yeah. Yeah. That's the type of thing that worries me. I try to listen to my songs like, just a, a shit ton before I release them so that 
and there's always stuff like you know time goes by and i learn how to do other stuff and i'm like man i wish i knew how to do that on this song yeah but Definitely. it's funny there's a there's a bane's world song <laughs> i can't remember which one it is but he like obviously forgot to uh slide the end of the project on logic or garage band i think he uses garage band actually but he forgot to slide the end of the project to the end of the song so there's just like 45 seconds of uh silence at the end of the song <laughs> nice. and that's bane's world who you know has like tons of listeners that's hilarious it kind of adds like a little uh hint of authenticity though i kind of like it yeah you can't plan that yeah you could it would just probably i don't know you'd you'd be a weird person to, if you planned that but. yeah you'd be like a crazy like uh hairbrained type of idea yeah to for have. sure <laughs> Uh, so what other kind of stuff are you interested in besides music? You've been playing any games or watching any movies or anything? So I'm honestly not a gamer, but because of the quarantine, I've been getting back into it. Uh, my parents were weird about games. They thought if they got me like, uh, video games growing up, that I would just get like addicted to them and never do anything else. And so I never had like a, a gaming console growing up, except for a GameCube when I was like a little kid and I missed the GameCube. So I ordered a GameCube um recently for quarantine and i ordered like all the tony hawk games and so i've been binging yeah i've been binging out on tony hawk i'm like completing levels that i was never able to complete as a child just like it's it's great um that rules that's literally the only game i play though i wish i uh i wish i had a more impressive resume not a big gamer hey that just means there's a whole new world of video games for you to dive into when the time comes yeah, when the time is right, the selection will be higher. So. Give yourself up. Give your life to the Xbox. But <laughs> oh yeah, that's your big thing on Twitter. Is you're the uh, do, do you have yeah. the original Xbox? Yeah, now? I got yeah. Um, Fuck yeah, man. Yeah, I didn't have an original Xbox growing up, but my friends had one. I was like a Sony kid. Uh, What's yeah, the big thing about the original Xbox that you just, uh, just nostalgic? And it has like one of my v- favorite games of all time on it. Which is I just can't argue with that. Future. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's what. That's why I got the GameCube. Is like, uh, video game nostalgia is like such a real thing. Yeah, I mean, nostalgia is huge for me, uh, anyways. But uh, yeah, I mean, was, the Xbox bit is just funny to me. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It was the it was your uh, your name on Twitter for like quite some time. Yeah. Uh, so do you watch movies or like YouTube? uh shoot dude that's just as boring honestly like other than making music like let's see i watch tv but i only watch like reruns of uh always sunny in philadelphia or king of the hill like those are like my two shows that i watch those are great and then uh yeah they're good shows like they've proven the test of time for sure but uh that's like all i watch literally i binge out on those shows i like to cook i like to like walk my dogs i like to smoke I mean, I haven't had to. I haven't had to give anything up for quarantine. I fi- kind of feel guilty about it because it's like ruining some people's lives. But it's honestly just like giving me more time to do the things I like. So yeah, I kind of feel bad about quarantine. But it's yeah. Um, the only thing that I've like that I'm really missing is um, socializing, like in person. Yeah, for sure. I used to play shows with my roommate, like not yacht club shows. But we would just play at like little restaurants and like bars around town, and that was how I made most of my money. So I miss the money, and I, I also just miss like, you know, playing places and playing music and seeing friends, yeah. drinking at bars. Damn! Well, I hope it comes back soon. I hope it comes back soon, but I also hope they don't uh, rush it because they're talking about reopening stuff here, and our numbers like aren't going down or they're not even plateauing like people are just like being stupid so i hope they don't rush it because i hope they don't are... rush it and i hope that they give us more money in the meantime yeah dude uh spotify hasn't no one's asked spotify to give maybe more than like 0.09 cents to artists per stream that, that now would be a good time for that <laughs> is there any like uh, i, I want to take over your time we're pretty much i think we're pretty much done uh is no there anything that like really freaks you out about the music industry? Or is there anything uh, that you discovered since going to school that like really skeeves you out? Shoot. 
a lot of stuff does. So I'm trying to think of like the best thing like worth mentioning. Uh, I mean, m- music is the only thing I can see myself like uh, doing. You know, I I've known that for a while, but it's like such a scary thing to like make music for a living. So I've always told myself like, oh, I'll be a artist manager. Oh, I'll be a producer. Oh, I'll be like an audio engineer, some other job within music. But the older I get, the more I realize, like, I don't want to do any of that stuff. I just want to, like, make my own songs. So that's pretty scary because uh, to support yourself making your own songs, like, you got to be pretty dedicated to it. Yeah, you got to get that publishing money, dude. Yeah, the publishing money is the next step for sure. I got to start a... I got to start getting like physical copies of the work out there, vinyls and CDs, and I'm trying to do better with merch too. Oh yeah, you got some merch now? I made some t-shirts. I only made 60 of them cuz I I had to like pay for them myself. <laughs> yeah. But uh they they sold. They did good. Nice. Well, I'll, I'll buy a shirt someday when I am not broke. <laughs> Dude, I'll send you one. I appreciate you letting me be on the podcast. Dude, this is been fun.